Welcome to season three of Outstanding Women Leaders, Witty and Wise Conversations. I'm your host, Katie L. Eads, leadership and relationship coach by day, comedian and writer by night. I'm on a mission to host 100 million Witty and Wise Conversations that disrupt the way leaders think and the way the world lives in relationship to each other. It's time to start connecting our left brain and right brain to our loving hearts and start hearing what they have to say. The brain will want to continue on the path previously traveled, feel safe there. The heart barely has a path to follow sometimes, allowing passion and purpose to dictate the way. Get ready to disrupt business as usual in your brain and get ready to start following your heart. Listen, it's calling for you. My heart is always calling for me to dance in conversation, to feel the rhythm and vibrations of the conversation as it ebbs and flows as we exchange energies, wit, and wisdom. My brain is interjecting really quickly to invite you to, grow, to check out owlprofessionalcoaching.com backslash podcast for more episodes and to head over to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and write us a quick review or find me on the gram, Facebook at Owl Professional Coaching or Outstanding Women Leaders. Back to the heart. We have four rules today to guide our wit and wisdom exchange. These rules are inspired by the Coactive Training Institute to create space for powerful connection and authenticity. Rule number one, nobody gets to be wrong. Rule number two, nobody gets to be right. Rule number three, everybody gets to be vulnerable. And rule number four, everything is included. We do not edit here. If the internet connection gets wonky, sorry. Maybe season four will have a little bit of editing, but so far we feel like this conversation is exactly what it needs to be in this moment in time. We've asked our guests to join us via video to allow us to create authentic connection. Eyes are the window to the soul. You will be seen here. You will be heard. There is space for you. When this conversation comes to a close, I will invite you, our guests, to make a donation to support this platform. Uh, you can head over, if you're already not on Podbean, to Podbean to support us monthly. Like PBS, we are, we are crowdfunded, although we do not have government funding, so help us out. I will also ask our guests three questions. I've changed them up a little bit for season three, so if it's your first time tuning in because it's the first episode, you don't want to miss out on what they are. But enough about me, let's talk about our amazing guest today, Keyshawn Hughes. She's already changed my perspective and shine light on a blind spot. I could not see this. I, I, I've been struggling with this and whew, one conversation, 30 minutes of time. She's amazing. She challenges audiences to change their minds and keep them changed about the connection between emotional health, wealth, and success and serves in the top 1% of coaches, trainers, and leader, leaders with neuroscience expertise, teaching simple yet illuminating ways to optimize their brains and live purposeful lives. As I said, I'm honestly forever changed by my interaction with this incredible owl. So grab a pen and paper. When Keyshawn speaks, you're going to want to take notes. I would give you a few minutes, but just keep listening. I have a little more introduction to go. Grab the paper. I'm absolutely serious about this. Keyshawn is an intuitive, energetic coach, consultant, and speaker who is on a mission to help people align with their purpose and live lives that are healthy, fulfilled, and abundant. Same, which is why I love having her here today. <laughs> Keyshawn's multidisciplinary perspective and insight draws from psychology, communications, business, and brain science. She is a proud HBCU and Big Ten graduate, having earned her bachelor's in business administration and marketing from Morris Brown College and master's in strategic communication from Purdue University. She also has training and certifications in neuroscience leadership and coaching, strategic communication, and pragmatic marketing. 
Dedicated to community service and professional development, Kishan is an active member of the International Coach Federation, Project Management Institute, and Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. I don't know how, like, when do you sleep? <laughs> oh, and by... <laughs> <laughs> that that is vital. So sometimes, I sleep sometimes. In addition to this, she also owns Hughes Coaching and Consulting, where she coaches her clients to achieve life-changing results and healthy habit formation, executive functioning, stress management, and goal attainment. Consulting engagements include product marketing strategy, process efficiency, and project management implementation. I met Keyshawn um, by proxy through Dr. Shanti Taylor, who founded the Neuroscience Coaching and Leadership Program, OptMind, and that's where we're at. And you just passed the test. I did. And you're so, certified in all five areas. So some people get one specialty, maybe two, but not you. You got to get all of them, which is amazing. Achiever, you know, just, just got to go all the way in. And so I did and it turned out well. And if it wouldn't have, I know I would have walked away with at least one. So, you know, I did it. You I'm did happy. it. And I'm <laughs> super excited to pick your brain today because I haven't finished all of the courses yet. And I am strategically waiting to take the test. Uh, yes. to get the continuing education for ICF. Smart. So I'm waiting until I get my ACC, which I'll have in 25 weeks. And I love that you're a member of that. I'll have to ask you a little bit more about it as well. But neuroscience, you were first drawn to this. Tell me a little bit about how you got into it and what you know now. Well, I recently graduated from Purdue University. So with the degree, as you said, in strategic communication. So during that program is when my first memory of, okay, this is a neuroscience model that I'm learning and applying in this project that I was working on. And it was the SCARF model. And so that I believe is where the seed was planted. And then fast forward a year or two later, I'm listening to a podcast, which I'm a really big podcast fan, yours being one of them and heard Shantae on this podcast. And I heard her like three separate times, but it wasn't until the third time that I heard her and she mentioned her program, the Optimine Institute program, certification program. And she talked about neurospirituality and that's when the light bulb went off for me. And so I just, from there, like instantly, possibly stopped listening to the podcast, went to Google's, typed her name in, found the program, set up a call with her. It was like, boom, boom, boom. And then now, fast forward almost a year later, I'm now certified <laughs> as a coaching consultant and talking to people both individually and in groups about the power of this knowledge, along integrated with just my life and things that I've, lessons that I've learned um, to try to help people feel better and um, show up in the best ways that they can. Yeah. You mentioned the scarf model. So for people listening that are like, do I get a winter scarf? And all of a sudden <laughs> my brain is better. Like what is the scarf model? It is a model that is used in a business context. It's great for groups and teams. Um, once you apply this model, you understand that there are five markers for human connection and ways for us to feel for our stress levels to be deactivated and for our reward sensors and circuitry to be up leveled. And so it's, it's, it's an awesome tool that you can apply in all kinds of situations. So I, I recommend it. This is, was developed by the Neuroscience Leadership Institute. And um, yes, it, I've, I use it now in my trainings and I use it, I feel like I reference it all the time. 
I love that. So look up scarf model and um, I will also have on my link tree, I'll include it on there. So you guys can head over to my Instagram at outstanding women leaders and Al professional coaching and check it out. He's Sean's email or email website will also be there, which then you can shoot her an email over there. So we'll send you to her website. We'll also, uh, she has a great downloadable there as well, um, that you should check out, which we will talk about in the bonus episode. If you get a chance to listen to that. So tell me about neurospirituality. I am a spiritual person and we've ta- I've had a lot of women of faith on this show. And I know you mentioned that you are Christian. So what is neuro, what does that mean? Neurospirituality? Yes. Yeah, so my definition, my belief is that as humans, we are actually spiritual beings having a human experience. And so with that, we can apply anything in our lives to a spiritual context. And what neurospirituality is, is the study of what your brain does as you're having your spiritual experience. So that can be something like this conversation. What is our brain doing as it's connecting us? It's what our brain does as we're praying, as we're meditating, when we fast, when we serve and show up and do community service. And those acts that are typically aligned with spiritual work or spiritual ways in which we live out our lives as human beings. And so that's, that's what drew me in because I, I consider myself to be a spiritual person. I consider myself to be a speaker. I love learning about religions. I love, le- I heard that you were, were an atheist, claimed to be an atheist, and I love listening to atheist thought as well. I, I want to know about the human experience, which I still believe is spiritual experience. Yeah. So the human experience, I think for people like looking at science becomes yes. this human experience where you're like, I can prove, I can point to this right. and where we miss, we're just so built for spirituality. Our brains <laughs> are literally built for this. Could you um, share a little bit more if you can about how our brains are built? I love the way that you use this idea of like looking at it from we're spiritual in our brains and we're having this human experience. Like, what is considered human versus spiritual? Well, we're in this realm. I can get real woo-woo on you, but yeah, I'll try please. to keep I it love light, you. Know, kind of light or um, just for my own understanding. We're, we're on earth where we're having a physical experience. So we're looking at each other. We're on laptops. We're using computers. These are things that we can see, touch, and feel. So when it comes to the realm of spirituality, a lot of times that deals with things that are invisible, that we can't necessarily But when we look at science and when we look at neuroscience in particular, we're finding ways to measure and prove what mystics and spiritual seekers and the people that we look to as the major figures in religion, like Jesus, like the Buddha, were saying thousands of years ago. And so we're now able to match those things and align those things and I think have a common way of viewing life together. And as individuals on an individual basis or in, in dynamics with other people. I love that, that explanation. And you had talked earlier about speaking to the collective and I think part of the collective that gets lost and left out of conversations oftentimes are Christians. I do Mm. see, right. Where, um, we look at religion as being oppressive or not being with the times being anti-science. Like these are the reasons why I would have said like, Oh, I identified as an atheist. You could find letters I wrote as a kid where I, which I don't remember writing, like talking to God. So apparently, you know, he was around for me, but I didn't go to church growing up. 
Uh, what really drew it to me though, was looking at like the blueprint for how you live. There are things that you left lessons you can take from Jesus. I love his parables. My yeah. favorite way to talk is in metaphor, <laughs> right? The woman at the well, like we, yeah. I love that we, I, I said, the more that I heard stories was, I was, I love the community. I, I found there was home in that collective where yeah. people wanted to um, have a spiritual experience. Right. Um, and so when we disconnect from this idea that spirituality is a thing, right? When we disconnect and we think it's just science and we're just humans, we're missing out, I think, on our purpose and, and literally mm. how our brains have been designed for us. Right. I look at us as limitless. I believe that our lives are limitless. Our potential is limitless. And the moment that any type of experience, be it a religious, a religion or a, a practices or ways of being begin to as you put limits on a person mm -hmm. and we're still confined and they don't feel like they're being connected with in an empathetic way with compassion, um, being seen as who they were uniquely created to be as divine, amazing, incredible, unique, incredibly unique and important beings, then I feel like that is not the way. That's not the way I like to align myself um, with organizations or with thinking or people that think that way. I want to be in spaces that feel safe, that feel welcoming and where I can be, I can be seen and I can be loved, like you said, unconditionally um, and, not, and not judged. And so I feel like a lot of times people are turned off by religion. They're turned off by those experiences that are the opposite of what the teachings and the everything that the religion supposedly stands for um it feels like the opposite it doesn't feel good and so it not only doesn't feel good it's harmful and it has devastating effects yeah i got divorced like and i, yeah. I just found jesus and people weren't excited right. about that <laughs> i love that you talk about limitlessness and and freedom yeah. and when you, when I think about religion for people and, and for myself included, I've created my own religion of what that looks like for me. I think that's what we're kind of called to do. Uh, you have all these different frameworks and blueprints. Like they haven't sent another Jesus because we don't need it guys. <laughs> well, Jesus said that you will do greater works than I. And so he has called us, people who follow him are called to do greater works than he did when he had his time here. He had his time here on earth. Um, I believe that he lives and he's everlasting. We can always connect with the spirit of him. But that is, that is, I feel like, what is so important for us in our lives and our experiences to find our unique calling and what we, we came here to do and be. I, I truly believe, and it doesn't have to just be down to one thing. We're multifaceted. We're amazing. Like I said, we're limitless. And so being able to tap into what that is, connect to what that is, um, and it sometimes makes me feel afraid. It makes me feel like um, it's impossible. Like I could never meet that goal, but I can do it by taking one step at a time, even breaking one step down into three or four or 10 steps, <laughs> you know, taking those baby steps forward. I'm still moving forward. And I feel like it's possible. That, that's what makes all things possible. Hmm. The other thing that I, when I think of you, I think no judgments. <laughs> you said that so many times, but you really oh, missed good. it. And, and that's kind of what I thought when I went to church, uh, was I was like, they kept saying like only Jesus judges, like only God judges and that Ooh. we're not meant to judge. And 
I think that's so important for us in our spirituality is to realize um, we're meant to discern, but our brains are not great at judgment. <laughs> I, you know, the amygdala is on and it is judging things and it is making shit decisions for us. Mm -hmm. For us to survive, it's, it wants to keep us alive. And, and so I feel like even in every, when it comes to different scenarios that may seem we look back at a decision that we made that may have on the surface or possibly very internally and really felt horrible. It felt like a, the wrong, the worst decision I could have ever made. I feel like even in those times to have compassion for myself that I was trying to keep myself safe. There was a reason for that. It might've been tied to a personal history that I'm not necessarily conscious of. It might've been tied to just something factors in the moment that made sense at the moment. And so I just feel like, you know, just providing myself with that empathy and forgiveness, that self-forgiveness, which is another tenet of spirituality that's really important and helps me to live my human experience more wholly and freely. I just, I try to do that as often as possible. And I like, so yes, our brains, our amygdala does judge. But when I look at why, I actually like to call her Amy G for short. She's the helicopter mom. She overprotects to keep us safe. And she's designed for a purpose. And so I came here to do stuff. She's like, I know what you're here to do. I want to make sure you do it. So you're going to stay here and do it this way so that you can live to see another day. That's the way she takes everything. It's like a live or die situation for her. So just having compassion. Like, I love you, mom, but I'm going to step out here. I, I think I got it from here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Doing things to calm her down, to put her at ease as best as I possibly can, just understanding her, knowing how she functions. I feel like that's something else, just coming into an awareness of how a person, how a part of ourselves functions. I'll talk about anxiety. So what the biggest lesson for me, just learning through my, my journey with experiencing anxiety, um, I always thought it was something to try to tamper down or try to ignore or like, like make go away. If, I could, if it could just go away, then I would be so much better. But the biggest and more, I would say, shocking lesson I learned was to know, like, turn to my anxiety, actually put a lens on her, give her my full attention, let her know I am acknowledging her, and it's okay to feel she's there for a reason. Even our anxiety is meant for our survival, it's meant to tell us something. So I don't, there's nothing that I feel like I've, I've been through in my life and that I see people that I support going through that can't be reframe in a way that is not for their good. Ultimately, that ex any experience, the most traumatic experiences, which I myself have experienced in life, I have, I'm choosing now, now that I have the support and I've healed in many ways, to reframe them that, oh, that worked for my good. And I'm gonna now go help other people do the same. Yeah, I love the, the imagery and the name and the persona that you've given. Yeah. My <laughs> mine is um, is little Katie. Oh yeah. And yeah. so when she comes out, I'm like, oh, you need a hug. Yes. Like, <laughs> it's okay. Like I got yeah. this. You know, yeah. I I think it's so important to to be at full expression of your own humanity. You have to accept all of you. Yeah. Absolutely. And hard because there are times in our lives where maybe we didn't want to accept the behavior. I had a mental breakdown. Absolutely. It took a while to talk about some things mm. I, that happened and no one ever labeled it. And I didn't get put in a facility 
probably would have helped, but instead mm-hmm. it was like a bootstrap, get yourself together. But I also had a, I, I have a resilient brain. I had a reframe and my reframe was I'm going to New York. And <laughs> I don't know anyone and I don't have a job, but Craigslist had a four month sublet and my car luckily made it, it died like six months later. So I'm like, well, I guess I live here now. Um, wow. So reframes are so important. I'd love for you to share a little bit about how you help clients reframe because it, it took me a little bit. My, for me, my biggest reframe was leaving, going mm. to be a friend in Nashville and new perspectives open up. Like I asked my friend, what do I do? And she's like, I don't know. What'd you do the first time you did this? Like I moved mm. to Chicago before and I was 23 and I was like, oh, well I went on Craigslist. It turns out like there's actually like other websites you can get apartments now, but <laughs> I didn't know. When I graduated college, there was still misconnections. It's like the way we were finding people that we liked. (laughs) Uh, But it worked. And her simple question of, well, what did you do last time? And so I said, I got on Craigslist. I found a roommate. And then what'd you do? And a month later, I did that thing. Like they went from my arms all the way to my cheeks with that one. What a powerful question. And that's what we do as coaches. We ask those powerful questions. Or, or I can't, I don't want to judge them as powerful or that, but in my, from where I'm sitting, that was very powerful because it absolutely helps you from a neuroscience perspective connect to neural pathways that have been laid down, laid down in your past that you were able to ride the wave of. So you didn't have to tread. Now I have those same chills, like my whole head, because you're absolutely right. What it did was it took, it pulled my, anxiety, the mental breakdown, it pulled me out of an old story. Yes. And the other thing that happened was the business sold. And so I went from having $90 to my name to having a little bit more money. And that was part of the mental breakdown. And so it pulled me into a place where I was in my full power. Absolutely. Right. At 23, you're not afraid because you're an idiot. (laughs) I wasn't wasn't scared. And I, and I I was like, well, you know, like what 23, I had a U-Haul this time I have a car and like 23, I had two months rent and a job interview, a tennis coach, you know, this time I have a little bit more impressive of a resume and I actually, you know, I have more than two months rent. So You're absolutely right. She's a psychiatric nurse, actually. And she pulled me right into, and she has no idea. Like, I mean, she knows that she's the story when I share with her, but it, it reminds me of how to help coach people of what is it that you've done before? Absolutely. So that's it. So you said, how do I help clients? That's exactly it. Asking those, just asking questions. I'm a questioner. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> From the time I came here, I've just been super curious. And my mother was actually saying, okay, Kishan, can I just have like five minutes of silence? Because I would ask questions nonstop. So not just, oh, making you know observations. I was asking, what's this? Why is this? Why is a big question for me? How? I all really right. to know. I love all of this because first of all, I'm getting shirts printed for as any leaders. I'm going to send you one that says, I have questions. Because that's yes. my catchphrase. Yes. <laughs> Always. Always, and it hasn't stopped. She tried to pay me off. She's like, I'll give you a dollar if you can just be quiet for like one, can you do it for one minute? I, can, I never could. I never could. And so, yes, I've just taken that now into my profession and it works for me now. Just asking those kind of questions, identifying ways, because sometimes we just need to connect the dots. And I just was on a call recently with a female founder of, a, of an organization. She's founding a platform. It's, it's, to me, massive and incredible. And she felt stuck. 
and just didn't realize that there's a pattern that she has used in her past that she could totally apply right now. And so I just asked her, like, when's the last time you noticed the pattern where you went from feeling excitement to friction and resistance to mastery? Just breaking it down. She's like, oh, that happened 10 years ago when I, and she explained when it happened. And I said, well, you think it would apply now? I, I think it might. And so it's just taking someone, that's why we need each other. Um, um, something that I learned that was a major aha moment and light bulb for me that I now reference every day when I was in my master's degree program was the power of two-way dialogue. We need conversation that goes back and forth. And it's not just one directional. And that means one directional with ourselves. Sometimes our inner critic is so strong. We're literally having one directional conversations with ourselves, a running dialogue that's going in our head, even when we're asleep. And it's what we wake up with, it's what we go through our day with, and we never take the time to connect with someone, of course, always someone who is empathetic and that is trusting and safe. But when we connect with someone in that space, powerful, powerful transformation can happen. And so that's what you described, that's what I experienced with my clients, and I experienced it for myself. Like, I'm coached, I have a therapist, you know, I'm no expert in this. I mean, I'm, I'm having this experience too. And so it happens for me in my own personal life. It happens with the people that I support and like how you shared, it's happened for you. And so that's the thing to me. I also tie it back to um, God is not a respecter of persons. If it can happen for me, it, it damn sure can happen for you. I'm not any bigger, more or less than you are. We are equals in this thing and we are powerful and we are limitless. So if I've had this example of this breakthrough, you sure as hell can have it. <laughs> okay. So it's, 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 it's absolutely possible. Mm. Just thinking about when I was a teacher, I'm like, man, that would have been a great speech to give that kid. <laughs> <laughs> I taught high school on the South side of Chicago, uh, in North side Chicago, and then one year in rural America. And, um, mm. that speech. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so like North side was incredibly diverse. Mm. Uh, it was, I think we've had like 28 countries that were represented and teaching history was so cool because we taught, we did a lot the age of history I was teaching. We're talking about immigration. And so a lot of these families are, these are first generation kids. We had a great Ukrainian population, Polish population, Puerto Rican population, about 10% Korean, like just a ton of people that were there. Um, and the perspectives were so different mm -hmm. than then teaching in two very homogeneous groups where it was yeah. all African-American and all white. Mm. And in each school, actually, there was one exception. And, and so that made history very, like teaching history, very um, different in, in just hearing someone else share what their thoughts are. Because what I did when I taught history was I asked about thoughts, like, what's your perspective? Mm -hmm. It's not supposed to be, so here's the facts, here's what happened, but what do you think happened? And that's what we're doing every single day as humans, right? We are writing our own histories. We oh. are we are creating our own perspectives about yes. them. And yes. yeah, I, I'm currently working on my book. Um, it's a choose your own adventure book. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that resonates with you. You might not be old enough for that. It was a <laughs> <laughs> in the 80s, but- Say Katie. <laughs> uh, 
but it's, it's choosing your own adventure on like, do you want to read Katie's old story or new story? And like giving you the option because there's two ways I can share my story. Yes. And there's two ways I've looked at my, there's probably more than two ways, right? There's many ways I've looked at my stories. Let's start with two. Let's start there. Let's give people <laughs> a primer to start. That's the, that's the, an issue too. Rarely do we even start, you know? Can it, yeah, even the idea, that's another mind-blowing concept and has been for me in my life. Is I have a choice. I have a choice? Oh, I have a choice? Oh, I have more than one choice? That is like super powerful. It was powerful for me and I'm sure it will be powerful for others. So yeah, let's start. Yeah, you have two choices. Let's start there. And then from there, it builds the confidence. It builds the habits. <laughs> it builds the support system for me to recognize I have unlimited I love that you said habits because we're going to pick your brain here then real quick on how do we form habits? Everybody <laughs> wants to form the habits. <laughs> yes. Well, I would say the first step is self-awareness. And so that is so pivotal and so key. And for me, it's, it's where my this recognition of the habits that I've already had that were formed that weren't even really shaped by me, but they were perpetuated by me. There are certain habits that are laid down before I can think consciously for myself. So when I, you know, you come into this earth, there are people around you that have habituated ways of being in your family, um, in society, in the organizations you find yourself in, in schools, and all these different places where we find ourselves in. So by the time you're on your own, you are carrying out habits that have been going on for sometimes 18, 19, 20 years. And then you start to try them out for yourself aligned with what you thought was a goal and you're, you're hitting like wall after wall after wall. So having a self-awareness of that and not just continue to plow through, well, if I just keep plodding forward, then things will change. Like, no, having the self-awareness that I'm hitting walls, I'm experiencing discomfort. Actually, this does not have to be the norm for me. That's another thing. That's the first step. So come into that self-awareness. Yeah. And I, I like to tell people, if you are sitting here thinking like, well, I'm pretty self-aware, like those people are not self-aware. Mm. People, people that talk about how they're self-aware, I have yet to meet one of them. Um, <laughs> that is. And, yes. and, and it's funny because I worked with one who was always like obsessed with all these other people that weren't self-aware. Wow. I'm, I'm, a, I'm aware enough of myself to know that, that what you, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. For me, that's self-awareness. Where, where, where I can become self-aware is, is mirrored in other people. So if I'm comp always projecting out and I'm always being able to notice what things and people are doing outside of me and I don't connect that back to myself, therein lies a place of self-awareness I need to dig into. So, yeah, and I, you know, what lit up when you said that was like conversation for me you know, how yes. we used to share information with storytelling and it's so Absolutely. powerful. And yes. our conversation that we had before this podcast was so mm -hmm. powerful for me because I told you my intention when I signed up for this neuroscience program, right? Mm -hmm. I wanted to take programs that had diverse uh, founders yes. because I wanted my curriculum to be diverse and my thought to therefore be diverse. Um, mm -hmm. And so Shirzad's program, uh, Coactive and um, and Shanti's were both like all hit like sort of a trifecta. I would probably take on three programs at once. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's interesting how my brain, you had pointed out, like, well, remember, I, we talked about me teaching the South Side of, High of Chicago and I told you how it was challenging for me. And yeah. you were like, I know it was Katie. And I was like, 
thank you. <laughs> but then you're like, here I bring up my husband. Yeah, you know, it, it was hard. It's hard to be the only person that looks like you in a room. And anyone that doesn't know that hasn't been the only one like them every single day in, in a room by themselves with everyone else. And it's a different culture. It's different backgrounds. It's different experiences. And our human experiences, when they're different, our brains aren't like, ooh, this is great. <laughs> That's not what they're designed to do. Yes. They're like fight, flight, fawn, or freeze, pretty much. You know, yeah. response to protect ourselves. The light bulb that went off for me that you lit up was, was looking at like, how do I, what do I expect to, how do I expect to relate to people? I expect them to relate to me the way that I relate to me. So when I choose a program that's created by people who relate to the world, just like me, because their experience is just like me, that will always resonate. Yes. And that's okay. (laughs) Great. Yes. And that also means that I have to have, I can't have those same expectations for everything else. And that was the, that was the shift for me because I hear you heard like, you know, you not only did you make two connections for myself of how I did this before. And, and so you made me a little bit more, okay, I'll do this thing. And then, so I started going, like, I'm like, I'll stick with the calls. Like I'll do the thing. And then for me, I realized what was triggering it. I'm on an email list mm-hmm. that is not for her clients. It's for like wanting to get potential clients. Mm-hmm. And I realized that's triggering me because I want her to know that I'm already a client. I don't want to be on this list. Like we all make mistakes. <laughs> we all end up on the wrong list. So I unsubscribe so that I also won't be triggered. So thank you for that self-awareness piece of just make connecting little dots. It just in a conversation, you know, you weren't trying to coach me. You were just holding space, witnessing, not judging, doing all the things that lead me right into like, how do people find you? How do people hire you? How do people light up their own light bulb and have this experience that I had? I don't make this shit up people. Like I get to bring (laughs) amazing women who change my life. And then I get to introduce them to you so that your life can be changed as well. I'm so touched. I really am. I'm getting, if you guys can (laughs) see like there's water welling up, that makes me feel really good. So thank you for just sharing that. I'm, I'm so thankful that you had that experience and thank you. Just thank you. So, and thank you for sharing that with everybody else. I think that's so powerful. And that's, I would say how we, how we're able to grow and have some bravery and courage when we hear other people talk about how they overcame something like that, that may seem whatever it would be, like, however we would judge it, but it's so powerful. So thank you. Thank you. And um, I can be reached on the website. <laughs> I can be reached at KeyshawnHughes.com and um, connect with me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm on all the things, but you can start there. You can read my story there. I talk about what led me to this space that I'm in now, wanting to be a coach, wanting to talk about these kinds of things with people. Um, I have my own story and I'm, I share it there. And then I, I- I'm so sorry. I didn't even ask you to share your story. <laughs> Well, I had a bunch of coaches that didn't like and people on that weren't into sharing their story. I would love to hear your story. Yes. Well, I have, I have a story of burnout. I just was in, in a, not having that self-awareness. Like, <laughs> which is so funny that you describe it like that because I was that person. I feel like just 
with my experience in life um, as a survival technique, I was really geared towards identifying and being hyper vigilant about my surroundings and the people around me and what they were doing, what they were saying, what they were thinking, which I feel like conditioned me to have a more people-pleasing response. And it conditioned me to want to go into high achievement. So I wanted to be the best at everything that I found myself in. So joining organizations and then leaving those organizations, wanting to do that, um, going into my nine to five and wanting to be a leader there. But then I had this creative impetus. So I need to be an entrepreneur too, have a side hustle, you know? And I was doing all these things and I, I literally got burned out. I was very angry and I was very, um, all the time. And that wasn't necessarily who I naturally am. I'm just naturally pretty chill and happy. I mean, that's just what I have a high set point for happiness. I just do I'm one of those people. And so coming into that recognition, I said, I need to talk to somebody. I need some help. I need some support. I scheduled a therapy appointment. And within a couple of sessions, just recognized these things about myself. I recognized that I had anxiety. I recognized that I was experiencing burnout symptoms. And there was a way that I could feel better. And so I just started on that path of just starting to care for myself, love myself, um, feed myself, invest in myself instead of investing in everything external. So I really build up my intrinsic motivation, my intrinsic sense of self, and was able to then see reflections of that extrinsically as a result. And it's been amazing. <laughs> it's been amazing. And so I just see that in a lot of other people. I see that in a lot of other well-meaning, powerful, um, just incredibly impressive, you know, people. Um, however, they're, they're upset, they're either angry, they're exhausted, or they're just questioning a lot of things in, in the way of, a, I would say, through a pessimistic lens. What, what does this all mean? Especially now at this time, when we're experiencing so many multiple pandemics, you know, pandemics of racism, of, you know, this disease that's out here, the virus, and so many other things. So I just want to now serve and be, have a platform and share the tools that, I, that help me. Mm -hmm. and connect with people in whatever way I can, whether that's one-on-one, whether it's through groups, and through the programs that I will eventually be launching. So please start to follow me there, sign up for my network, um, for my net newsletter, and then download my free emotional support guide. And let me know if you have questions and want me to help you. Yeah, definitely get the free emotional support guide. I will have that linked on my link tree. It'll be there um, for a while. Like I'll leave it on there for a while. I have a bunch of different quizzes on there and things like great resources. I'm going to eventually move them to my website, but for now, you can check them out on Linktree because it's a great resource. I love it. And I love that you're offering that for free. I had something very similar happen to me very recently. Mm. Um, Lexapro and a pandemic actually really helped me. <laughs> and, and that's a perspective, I have to say. When you, uh, when you crush a pandemic and, and you're able to continue to move forward, it's, mm. a, it's a perspective shift. I love that you also invested in you. Thank you. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no better investment. Um, so definitely I have some women, I, I, the burnout I think will resonate for particularly for executives right now and women in leadership, um, women in color and leadership. Like I feel like they're carrying the burden of, of way more and, and it weighs on, on them. So thank you for doing this work that you're doing in the world. And I, we absolutely met for a reason. I love that you slid into my LinkedIn. Like yes. one of the few bright spots on my LinkedIn. Most of them <laughs> want to teach me 
how to build a business. And like, I had this bigger business than you probably do right now. <laughs> like, it's going to be all right. Thank you for setting it. Um, please don't do that if you're listening. Um, my second episode will actually be a woman who helps people optimize their LinkedIn um, to tell their professional story, not to slide into your inbox and sell you something. Not a fan. All right. So I have three questions that I end with. Yes. They're the same questions every time. And then if you're up for it, because it's season three, let's get crazy. I have a thing here called powerful questions, seven words or less. Oh, wow. okay. So if you're interested, the fourth question will be a bonus one from this stack. Okay. <laughs> so the first question is what's your superpower? Ooh, my superpower. I would say breathing. Breathing is my superpower. I discovered the power of breathing. It's transformative. And I feel like it's, it's one, if we focused on it more, there would be a lot of amazing things that come out of it. So breathing is my superpower. Mm, I love that superpower. And I always invite owls to co-host workshops using our two superpowers together. Ooh, so ooh, throwing yes. that out there. I love that. Question number two, what's your purpose? You know, it goes back to something, actually a prayer that I had as a little girl. I don't know why, I don't know where it really came from, but it was to be a positive influence in at least one person's life. And I truly believe that is my purpose. You know, I just wanted, I wanted my family to be happy. And now I want, you know, everybody to be happy. <laughs> if it's at all possible, I think, and I think it is. I think it is. I think it's something that, um, can be overlooked and can be seemingly insignificant, like happiness, but I would say that that is my purpose, to help people feel better, be happy with more ease. Mm. You helped me, so 100% serving that purpose. Um, my third question is, what do you take a stand for? I stand for people being kind. Mm. I think, once again, that's something that's not done enough. Um, you know, it's always possible to be kind. And there's so much that can come from it. And I think there's a time to riot, and then there's a time to lay down and, and pray, you know? I feel like there are times that are, we're called to be all kinds of things, but in every interaction, we can always make the choice to be kind to someone because we, we don't know other people's stories. We don't necessarily know everything it took for somebody to stand in front of you as they are. And in whatever state or mood they're in, it, it doesn't, it, it, it takes a lot sometimes to have to be kind, but I think it, it's powerful when we do. So I would say that. I love that. In my, so I have my own, um, accountability tracking and one of them is to do one act of kindness a day for someone it's beautiful. I love that it's powerful. It's powerful. all right so fun question pulling from the seven words or less oh I love some of these <laughs> I'm gonna pull randomly all right they're all really good I wrote them <laughs> not to toot my own horn toot it um what's important Ooh. You, you're important. You are important. You are important. I think, especially as we're socialized as women, I'll just speak for myself, but in, you know, this is true. In societies where women are not seen as important <laughs> for whatever reason, we're socialized that way and we, we've been internalized those beliefs and thoughts and our behaviors. And it, it just is 
an ugly thing that spreads through and it's connected to us because we don't feel like we're important enough to speak up. I don't feel important enough to um, take time for myself to take a nap, to um, take a walk, <laughs> to take, take a minute out of my day to take deep breaths. I've had so many people say they wear like those fitness watches like the Apple Watch and their watch goes off and tells them to take a deep breath and they ignore it and keep doing what they're doing. They don't feel important enough. What them, their bodies, their bodies, something is attached to them, telling them it needs more oxygen. They don't feel important enough at that moment to do that. But you are important. You are, nothing runs without you. Like everything connected to you will shut down if you're not here. And not only that, you're just important because even if you're just sitting here, just taking up space, you're important because of that, because you were meant to be here to do that. So you're important, Katie. I'm important. We're important. So that's what I would say. Mm, for everyone listening, you are important too. And if you want to let us know how important you are, write us a little review so that you can be even more important to us. Just kidding. We still love you anyways. <laughs> uh, Keyshawn, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, there's a bonus episode. If you are a subscriber, if you're a patron, which means five bucks a month, three bucks a month, whatever it is, throw it in the kitty, help us raise some money uh, to keep the podcast going. I want to get us on a few more platforms. I'd love to hire someone to be able to get more of our content out there as I head into certification. Season three may be looking like one episode a month instead of one episode a week. But give me, if we can get some of the crowdfunding up, this, uh, we will be able to hire someone to help us run that social media. So I say we, like I'm the royal we. It's just me over here right now. Um, but we're building a parliament. So also you can join the parliament. It's open to everyone. I don't charge you for the parliament. Like just come and exchange some energy with us, exchange conversation. Parliament meets the first and last Wednesday of the month. And it's at 8 a.m. the last Wednesday of the month and 8 p.m. the first Wednesday of the month. So we're hitting our different people in different time zones. Uh, so you're welcome to join everyone. If you're looking for the links and all my stuff, again, head to my Instagram, Outstanding Women Leaders. Keyshawn's episode will be there as well. You can head to my website, Owl Professional Coaching, and uh, all the great things. Keyshawn, I will give you the last word now that I've done all the promotions. What is it that you, I mean, you've already just told the audience how important they are. So clearly <laughs> they're still listening because they feel so important. What else do you want to leave them with? Oh, gosh, this is a good question just take some time for yourself just carve out some time i know it, it can nearly seem impossible depending on all of the different levels of responsibilities and things you have to do in your day but if even carving out one minute for yourself of closing your eyes if you're comfortable and taking deep breaths in and out can be transformative over time neurologically and physically in every way and so just Try to carve out some time for yourself today in whatever way that would look like that feels good. Mm, thank you. Well, we'll leave you guys today to carve out some time for you. I'm glad you joined us for the podcast. We will see you next month or next week, depending on how this campaign goes. That's up to, hey, what the people want, the people get. You want to get us every week, support us on a monthly basis. <laughs>